The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, what is up, people? Your boy Johnny Mags here again for the third edition of the All Angels Podcast. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the first two for those who did. And thank you for those who are listening um, for the first time. Thank you for clicking play. I'm Johnny Mags, and um, here we go. Let's get into it. Um, I actually had posted um, on the Angels Baseball Family page on Halos Nation and just another Halo victory. I reached out and asked you guys if there was any topics you guys wanted me to hit on, any questions that you wanted me to try to answer, or just wanted my opinion. And a few of you reached out, and a few of you uh, left your comments and your questions, so I'll try to get into those as soon as I can. Um, let me start off by saying first, um, I had done the podcast earlier. And I had some technical difficulties. Things happen. Kids get loud, and you don't hear him. If you hear them when when you're on here talking, and then after you play it back, all you hear is just noise in the background. So I had to re-record, but that's okay. We'll make it better. So there's no excuse for it to not be better than the first one. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. Um, last time I talked to you guys. Well, before we get into that, I want to say a few things. Um, at the end of the show, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to ask a question, a trivia question. First one of you to answer the question will receive a uh, prize. Um, those of you who know me very well know that I have a lot of angel memorabilia. And I uh, figure this is a way for me to share my wealth. And thank you guys for listening. So... Stay tuned for that, and um, I will be getting a pro account, which means I'll be able to go longer. Right now, I am confined to 30 minutes, and I feel so rushed. I feel so like, got to get it done, got to get this in, got to hurry. I think when I get that extra time, I'll be able to flow better. I'll be able to talk a little more calm and relaxed, and I'll be able to get my thoughts in without having to have to worry about running out of time and not fitting everything I want to talk about into this 30 minutes. So, wait for that. Hopefully next week I'll have the Pro Account hookup. And right now it's a little shoddy because my equipment's not great. I hope to get... I will not hope. I know I'm getting a mixer and I'm getting a microphone. One of those studio mics with this shifty little sound barrier thing. It's going to be sweet. It's going to sound good. So big things can come from the podcast. And I'm going to go ahead and plug my other podcast on here. I might as well do it. Shoot. Um, those WWE fans, those wrestling fans out there that are listening to this, tune in to the Blaze and Malfunsky Wrestling Podcast, which drops every Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, if you don't uh, aren't friends with us on Facebook or don't follow us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at 
B underscore and A N D underscore M underscore podcasts or on Facebook Blaze like Blaze B L A Z E Mel Funsky M E L F U N S K Y that's how we are on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or friend us on Facebook, and that's how. Let's get all. Let's get into the angels. Enough of all that. Since the last time we talked on the podcast, we're two and four. We had that three game set in Toronto, which I had mentioned in the first podcast or in the second podcast that it was an important three game set that we needed to at least take two out of three. Um, going into that three game set. We were holding the second, I believe, the second playoff spot. And now, after that three-game sweep, we're out of the playoff picture. So we'll get we'll get into that um, in a little further down in the podcast. But we lost the three to um, Toronto, and man, that that I mean, that kind of just it was an embarrassing three games. We we got manslaughtered. We got outscored by I don't even want to get into the numbers because it's ridiculous to even. Mentioned like thirty to ten, I believe it was, or something like that. And um, it was just, it was just a series where we needed to take two out of three. And heck, looking at back now, hindsight being twenty twenty, we, I would have been all right taking one, and we got swept out of there. And then two out of three from Detroit. Now we won the set against Detroit. We won the three game series, but Detroit's a team that we need to be able to. Destroy, not destroy, but win the series uh, convincingly, and we didn't. Um, in that second game, we got no hit into the ninth inning, and if it wasn't for Chris Iannetta, of all people, uh, we would have gotten no hit in that game, and we would have lost the series. Um, we were able to squeeze out the one yesterday, thanks uh, to Matt Shoemaker, who pitched a hell of a game, not allowing a run. Big, big uh, credit to. Joe Smith were going in there in that eighth and not allowing that run to score because when Shoemaker left, we were up one nothing. Had that run of scored, it would have been one one. Who knows what what would have happened next? So, um, but the way we won those games, they they weren't convincing. They weren't convincing at all. Um, I know that you can say, you know, you take a win any way you can get it, but it's it doesn't give me confidence in the team right now, especially the way they've been playing. That we barely squeaked out wins against the. the Tigers. Um, currently 65 and 62, third in the West. Um, in July, we were the hottest team in baseball. White hot. Couldn't lose a game. Um, and now we're in third. We fell behind Texas. We're a half game out right now behind Texas. We're a half game behind Texas. And if I would have told you in April and May that we'd be in third place on August 28th, which is today's date, you guys would have been like, oh, no, you're tripping. But we are. And um, there's no real way to pinpoint what's going on with this team. And I know that a lot of people have said, uh, oh, it's just baseball. That's the way baseball is. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. But no, that's that's not an excuse now. We're past that point. For the whole month of August, we've been mediocre and even worse than mediocre. And we just can't seem to get over that hump, and something has to change now. Um, what's bad about it is, like I said, we can't pinpoint one thing. Um, you can pin, you can blame pitchers for in that in that three game set against uh, Toronto. The pitching staff was ridiculous. The amount of runs that they allowed was 
there was just no way, especially with the way the team was scoring runs, there was no way that we were that our pitchers gave a chance uh, gave us a chance to win any of those games. Um, it's frustrating as a fan, as a big mega fan like I am, I and I know a lot of you guys are too. That just to sit there and watch, it's ah, oh, it's frustrating. Um, you can be as positive as you can. And there's a lot of positive people out there, and I know that it's good, but at the same time, you got to face reality that it's ugly right now. Uh, there's still a lot of baseball left, and there's no doubt that we can make a run, but it has to change right now. Um, something has to happen, guys. I mean, I'm, it's sound like a broken record, but the inability to score runs, I've said it since the first podcast, it's going to kill us. Right now, there's no cohesiveness in the lineup, and Trout and Pujols have to carry the team again. It sucks that you have to rely on them again. You have to rely on them to come through. Two guys to just come through and come through and come through. And it's they're just going to have to do it. And there's no way around it. Okay, changing subjects. That's the state of the Angels right now. 65 and 62, third in the West. Two and four since the last time we spoke. We start a series today against Cleveland. In Cleveland, Andrew Heaney takes the hill tonight. I love it. I like Andrew Heaney. The kid is poised on the mound. He just seems like he belongs out there, doesn't he? I think he um, he's wise beyond his years, and I definitely think we got the best out of that Howie Kendrick trade. Now, that's a whole other topic that we can definitely get into later down the line. That, that's opened up Pandora's box with a lot of people. A lot of people still love Howie a lot. I didn't mind Howie. I didn't think he was the greatest ever. So, I guess I'm... I, I, the thing with Howie, here I go. I'm going off topic, but I'll just talk about it a little bit. The thing with Howie was... And I know that there's a lot of a lot of people who still love him, but my cousin Manuel will uh, will back me up on this because you know we were watching the Angels uh, very closely when Howie came up, and all we kept hearing was how this guy was going to win batting championships, how this guy was a, a three something hitter, and he's not. I'm not saying he sucks. I'm not saying he's bad. He's a 280, 275 hitter. That's all he's ever going to be. He's not going to be a 330 hitter. He hasn't won a, champ, a batting title yet, and he's he's getting down to his mid-30s, and it's not going to happen. So he was a guy who um, under-delivered for, in my eyes. Not saying that he wasn't a consistent player for us. I appreciate his consistency. He was one of the most consistent guys we've ever had on this team in the past you know, five, six years. But he under-delivered on my, from what I expected. So I... I to see him go, it didn't, it didn't uh, affect me too much. And then I, I had heard about Heaney a couple of years ago when he got drafted, and um, I knew he was a kid who had a lot of promise. Um, I don't know if he'll ever be a, an ace of a snap, but he's definitely a solid number two or three, and we have him for many years to come. So I liked that. And I actually wrote a piece on that a few weeks ago on the, on the Halos Network, the website that I'm a staff writer on along with Ryan Kroll who is the um, editor and our our leader in that in, on that page. The guy who runs that page is Ryan Crow, And uh, another great writer on the staff is Aaron F- uh, Fostner. So shout out to them. But if you go and you uh, go on the Halos Network and then click on my face, my lovely face, my handsome face, um, it you just click on it and there's an archive and it'll, it's... Uh, it's a story that I wrote about, a piece that I wrote about two or three weeks ago, and it's regarding the Andrew Heaney, um, Howie Kendrick trade. If you guys want to give that a read and share that with your friends, I would greatly appreciate that. 
But moving along, like I said uh, earlier in the podcast, I reached out on Facebook, put a post out talking about um, or just asking you guys if you had any any topics that I wanted to touch on or if you had any questions you wanted me to answer or try to answer or get my opinion on to send it. And I did get some, and I appreciate you guys for um, sending them in. So I'm going to try my best to throw my two cents in with on that. So first, well... The first question, and I'll start off, there's four questions or four comments, and I'll start off with the first one was, it's from my good buddy, a guy that I've known for a few years now. He's, uh, I met him through um, Halo's Nation and obviously through um, the Angels Baseball family. Um, Awesome dude. Uh, My compa, my brother in rock. Um, Anthony Henson Sr., uh, not to be confused with Anthony Henson Jr., but Anthony Henson Sr. um, wrote in, and what's up, Anthony? I'll see you tomorrow, buddy. Um, He wrote this. He said, what up, Johnny Maggs? If you could touch on the wild card scenario, and at what point the Angels could possibly be mathematically eliminated? Um, I won't get into the magic numbers right now because I think we're still kind of, there's too many, there's just a, a, a let see how many. One, two, three, four. There's a five-team pileup right there. So if we get into magic numbers, uh, let's wait till like mid-September, and we'll get into that one. But I will touch on the playoff scenario and the playoff picture. Right now, if it were to end right now, now I'm not sure if a, a team could beat another team by half a game. I think it'd have to be a full game. I'm not entirely sure. I don't want to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, but I honestly don't. But let's just say that it did. And the season were to end right now, we're out of it. We're not in the playoffs. You got New York and Texas for the two wild card spots. They would play the play-in game. We're a half game out. But so is Minnesota. And right behind us is Baltimore and Tampa Bay. They're only two and a half games out. So really, New York is four games up completely on everybody else. They're four games up on Texas. They're four and a half games up on us in Minnesota. They're six and a half games up on Baltimore and Tampa Bay. So we have to be better than Texas, Minnesota, Baltimore, and Tampa Bay. That's one, one, two, three teams that we need to be better than. It, I, that's hard. That, that's, it's, hard to, it's hard to bring up a scenario right now who we're going to play because we need to be better than three more teams just to get in. And if we were to start right now, we'd be out. And that's it's hard to say that. It really sucks. I'm thinking about it right now. We were so with the hottest team in baseball last month and now we're We're not in the playoff picture. We're five and a half games out of the West. Can we still come back? Absolutely. I, I there's no doubt that they can. But something has to change right now. They need to they need to put the pedal to the metal and just go for it now because now every game is every game's important, but every game right now is 100 times more important because every loss sets you back. There's one, two, three teams behind. There's, well, we're tied with Minnesota, but there's three teams there with you that you, and when you lose, you need them to lose too because they're going to gain ground whether, you know, they're going to gain ground when you lose. And in Texas too, you need Texas to lose. We win, Texas wins, it does us nothing. But we lose and Texas wins, there we go, we fall down. Not only are we going to fall further back against Texas, we're going to allow Minnesota to come up, Baltimore and Tampa Bay. Ridiculous. Minnesota doesn't scare me too much. 
Minnesota just needs to be Minnesota and start playing like Minnesota, and then we won't have to worry about them. Tampa Bay, I think anything that happens from now on with Tampa Bay is cake for them. It's cake. So, we're not, I'm not worried about Tampa Bay. What I am worried about is Baltimore. Texas, Texas is Texas. I don't, eh, Texas, whatever. They can be, I don't care. Um, they can be like hot one minute and then all of a sudden fall off the face of the earth and I'm waiting for that to happen. The one team that scares me a lot is Baltimore. They have guys like Adam Jones, Manny Machado, uh, Crash Davis. Um, they're a scary team. Um, they worry me. And um, they're coming too. So, you know. Um, but it has to change. I mean, we have to... We have to take every game as if it were our last game and we need to play into the playoffs because whatever they've been doing in these last month, this last month has not been working in it. And we're going to touch on another question that was asked that has kind of to do with that. So, Anthony, compa, thank you for your question, man. And hopefully I, I was able to touch on it a little bit and was able to please you a little a little bit there. Our next question or our next comment was from Melody McCormick. And her, um, her, it wasn't a question, but it was a comment was, I think it's time for a new manager. <laughs> and it, which leads into our next question, and I'll be able to answer these questions together, I guess. David C. Mendoza asked, Socia's future. Um, Melody, is it time for a new manager? I'm 50-50 on that right now. I'm going to throw some, some, some stats out at you guys, and then you guys can can kind of take that how you want and then I don't know um, as far as you know Mike Sosha 16 seasons as an angel manager a winning record his his career uh, managerial uh, winning percentage, percentage is 546 which you know it's, it's exceptional uh, that's it's impressive um He's won 1,396 games and he's lost 1,161. That's that's by far the best manager the Angels have ever had. Obviously, he led us to our only world world championship title. He's had 11 seasons where the team has been above 500, which means essentially that means he's had 11 winning seasons. Doesn't mean that we've won we've won uh, championships, but you know, 11 seasons of actually winning. Uh, winning records, um, something we definitely weren't used to as fans, as, as especially me. Um, we only had championship seasons in 79, 82, and 86. So when Sosha got here in, in 99, 2000, um, we won a championship in 01, or 02, uh, missed the playoffs in 03, but went in 04, 06. It just keeps keep going and going and going. We won Western Division titles. We got to ALCS championships. We were contenders. He made us contenders. Um, manager of the year in 02 and, and in 2009. Impressive. That's impressive. But that, that's also the past. Um, you know, it's hard It's hard to replace what I just read off. It's hard to replace this resume right here. Name me a guy that we can replace social with that can come to you and go, hey, there you go. Here's my paperwork. This is what I've done. And it's better than the guy you had here before me. Who Who's going to do that? 
what manager could come in to Artie Moreno's office and give him that resume, and we can be happy and say, cool, let's hand over the reins of the team to this guy. Who can we be that uh, comfortable with? That's hard. It's hard to replace a guy like that. Now, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I agree with everything Solskjaer does because I sure in the hell don't. There is many times where I have questioned his decision on changing a pitcher. I've, I've questioned whether or not he should have brought this guy in or that guy in. Why did he uh, put this guy in, th- in this part of the lineup? Why did he put that guy in? How come he's not playing? That happens a lot, and it ha- seems to happen a lot with Sosha. Am I tired of Sosha? Absolutely. But I'm also realistic, and I'm not going to sit here and say, let's get this guy, let's get that guy, because it's hard to replace a guy like Mike Sosha. It really is. Um, and I know that a lot of you are probably going to sit there and go, anybody's better right now than Sosha. No, it's not. Let's be realistic. Let's be realistic. Come on. Seriously. If we were to fire Sosha, sure, there's guys that could come in and have experience, but not like him. And I know that a lot of people say after time things get stagnant. I agree 100%. Changes need to be made. But at the same time, I can sit here and say sometimes change scares me. And it would be kind of scary to see where it would go. There's a damn good possibility that it could get worse if he leaves. Who knows? But maybe that's a chance we need to take. I can't answer the question and just for sure say, yeah, we need to fire Sosa. Or no, we don't need to fire Sosa. I'm definitely 50-50 on this. It's hard to, hard to say. Um, I mean, there's a few guys I can think of right now that maybe a guy like Bud Black can come in. Um, I don't know. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Ron Gardenhire, maybe. But it's still, you're iffy on that. You don't know what's going to happen, and um, to, to 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 think that they, to to forget everything I just read off his stats and just say, just throw it out the window. It's hard. It's hard, but it's also I'm also on the team where I'm kind of like I think we need to change something. So I don't know. There's no real real good answer to that. I'm fifty fifty. As far as his future, I wouldn't be surprised if Artie were to just keep him on board. And I wouldn't be surprised if after the season they fire him if we don't make the playoffs. I won't be surprised either way, to put it out, to be quite honest with you guys. So, Melody and Melody and David, uh, thanks for for that. And the next topic I'm going to touch on is my good buddy Stephen Cobb uh, wrote in. Thank, thanks, Stephen. Appreciate it, buddy. What's up, brother? Um, he asked um, the platoon players, um, why does my social platoon players so much? How does it affect players? Um... I'm a ba- I used to play baseball, so I mean, I, I can I can relate in, in a way. I knew that when I got to the ballpark, especially when I got older in my life, like in college, um, I knew or I felt I knew that I felt much better knowing that when I got to the park, I knew that I was in the back second in the lineup, or that I was going to play short or third. I like the fact that I can get there and know that I had a spot that I would whether I I hated getting in the park and saying, "Am I going to play today? Am I not going to play today?" That would have definitely affected me. Now I'm not a, I was never a professional, so maybe professionals handle it different. But I know that it sure it, it would have to affect you. You know, I think I played at a high enough level that it would have it would have affected me not knowing whether or not I was gonna play that day or not. Especially for younger guys like a guy like Crone or a guy like Cowart, 
a guy like Grant Green, um, that has to has to weigh on you a bit, you know. Am I gonna play today? Where am I gonna play today? Am I should I prepare myself for first or third? Should I pre prepare myself for the left field, right field? Like I don't know, you know. But that's been the topic, uh, Steve. That dude, uh, he Sosha loves doing that. I remember before Chalk got here, um, it was about four or five years ago. The dude had a different lineup every day for like seven days in a row. It was a different, same guys, different spots in the lineup. Freaking ridiculous. And I know that what he likes to do, he's been doing it for a long time. In 02, he started more. He uh, he would uh, take guys out. Like if we were up by three or four more, three or four runs, he would take out uh, Salmon and put in uh, Alex Ochoa defense for defensive purposes. Um, I don't think that affected a guy like Salmon, but it started from there where he would, if we were up by three, he'd put in Ocho in the seventh. If we were only up by one, he'd wait till the ninth and then change him. But then a guy like Sean Figgins showed up and he just started platooning him everywhere and giving people days off here and there. And every day, every day Figgins would play, he'd be in a different position in the, in the, in the field, which means a guy would come out of the game and not play that day. You know, he started it, he started it then. And then now... The whole thing with the lineup, I understand that if the lineup's not working for, you know, two or three weeks and nothing's produced, then of course you got to change the lineup. But he started the season off with Calhoun leading off, Trout batting second, Pujols third. Then he went Giovatello leading off, Trout, and then Pujols. And then he dropped Trout to the number three hole, which he should be in. Pujols four, and then he started off with Giovatella, Calhoun. Then he had, then we got Victorinos leading off. Then to Jesus leading off. Now he's back to Giovatella. Now he's back to Calhoun. Now Charles back to second. Dude, stick with the team. Ride it out. Ride or die, brother. Ride or die. You got to do it one way or another. Like it has to be done. Um, I wouldn't want to bat second for a week and then bat third again and then go back to three. It's it's it affects your numbers. I I think. Um, Trout was on fire, batting in the three hole, and then he went on a little slump. So now he put him on the back in the number two, and uh, he's kind of just, eh, he's right there. So, Steve, brother, that's a problem I've had with him for, for a, a long time. He does it all the time, and it's it's annoying. Um, but thanks again, bro, for your question, and um, I'm gonna start wrapping it up now. I'm down to about three or four minutes. Um, like I said before, earlier in the podcast, um. I am going to be hooked up with the pro account, which means I'll be able to go longer. And I, like I said, right now I feel a little confined, like I'm in a little space and I only have enough time to talk about what I need to talk to. And I feel rushed. And when I get this pro set up and the equipment, I'll feel a lot better. I won't feel as rushed. It'll flow better. And the quality will definitely be a lot better too. Um, so hopefully with that, with me being able to extend the time, um, I want to bring uh, some guests on here. Um, and there'll be fans just like me. There'll be fans just like you guys listening who, and I respect all you guys. I definitely respect all you guys. But these will be, be people that I personally know, close friends who uh, I value their opinions. And I talked to them actually today. And hopefully my buddy Jason will be able to come on sometime next week or the week after. Jason Hendricks, a uh, big uh, Angel fan, a uh, buddy of mine. Um, hopefully he'll be able to get in here. And we'll just bring, I'll just bring people in from here and then. And actually what will be able to happen with the pro account is I'll be able to record wherever I go. 
So I wouldn't have to have guys come here and have to have them go out of their way. I can go to them, and we can do on-the-spot interviews or, and get their, their insights and stuff. And that'll be freaking awesome. I can't wait to do that. I'm going to give a quick shout-out to a few people. My compa, Anthony Henson. Um, thank you for all your support. Thank you for always listening. All the positive feedback. I appreciate it. I already shouted out Jason. He does the same. He always, uh, he always uh, compliments me. Steven Cobb, too. Man, thanks. David Mendoza and Melody McCormick, thank you for your uh, your uh, opinions and your uh, topic points that you sent on Facebook. Um, so now here's a trivia question that I promise you guys. So, which Angel player who played from the Angels from '89 to 1991 currently has a son that plays on the major on in the major leagues? Which former Angel who played for the Angels from '89 to 1991 currently has a son? Who plays Major League Baseball? First person to do that will get a little something-something. Um, that's going to wrap it up for me, people. Um, again, I thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you for taking some time out to hear what I have to say, uh, hear my opinions. Um, Shout-out to the Angels Baseball family, Jason Kroom. Shout-out to uh, Halos Nation and Eddie Colvin. And everybody who shares the same passion as I do for my angels, for our angels, I appreciate you guys. Tune in next week for the fourth installment of this podcast. Thank you for listening again. I can't say it enough. You guys have a great night and an awesome weekend. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.